For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another evening of Jaybird watching part of the stadium scene uh, TV website and whatnot. Get your extra podcast pleasures outside of the fun shenanigans that we have on this show. Um, tonight, we're going to talk all things Blue Jays spring training. Have a good time. We have the normal gang here in Brendan Panikar and Adam Corsair. How are we doing? Very, very uh, good. How are you? We are good. We are good. Springs in the air, just saying. Right. And apparently well, my dogs are all over it. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a guest tonight. I got to introduce from the Locked On Blue Jays podga- podcast, AJ Andrews. How are we doing this evening? I'm alive. I guess, I guess that's that's a positive in this day and age. Yeah, um, and like we were talking, uh, we don't know if there's really Blue Jays spring training going on or not because it's like if a tree fell in the woods. Did anybody actually hear it? <laughs> I I have I have a sneaking suspicion that Keegan Matheson of MLB.com is just running the out of the park simulation that I did last year and passing that off as spring training results. That was a good time watching that last year. At least it gave everybody something to converse about on Blue Jays Twitter. You now it was something good to do. <laughs> Except of course I started trying to just goof around with that on my own, and I'm like, wow, this is so much more complicated than my MLB the show. So I'm gonna go back to MLB the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So as much fun as it is being a minor league person, you know, I'm wearing my Buffalo hat. It like, it still gets a little nuts when I had the full Australian league and <laughs> everything in there. You know. to, be, to be fair, I think we did a better job in real life than me being like, you know what I need to do? I need to trade for Steven Piscotty. That'll solve the outfield. <laughs> There it is. That'll solve it. Don't worry, Marco Estrada will come out of retirement and throw some uh, crazy, nasty change-ups, and it'll be all good. At least Ken Giles didn't need Tommy John surgery in that world. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Is he in the where are they now category yet? No, he's um, in the team, right? Yeah, he signed a two-year deal with the Mariners, I that's believe. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Right. So. So him and Big Maple get to, you know, talk about how good they were in Toronto for a little bit. <laughs> ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, dive into this evening. Like I said, we're going to talk all things spring training. And let's uh, start with the wonderful news of not good things. Unfortunately, we have some people that have hit the injury already. And the biggest one is where we're going to be talking, I think, the most this evening on the Blue Jays pitching. And that is, unfortunately, Nate Pearson doesn't sound like he's going to be doing much more this spring as they shut him down, basically. And he is going to be not part of the rotation to start the season. Season AJ, would you like to kick off the Nate Pearson fun or lack thereof? <sighs> oh, my God. <laughs> How many times before the season start did I tell people 
as long as the Blue Jays are healthy, they're going to be really good. And then, of course, you know, just instantly, injuries start hitting this team. And, you know, I'm I'm kind of hopeful it's not as bad as we think. Um, they did say yesterday that uh, Pearson was tossing at 120 feet and that he might be able to work up to a side session on when, on the weekend. So, you know, maybe there's hope that he'll be in the rotation, but if he is, he's going to be like three innings tops until he actually builds up some stamina. So it's just another thing that, you know, after all the optimism and all the Blue Jays are going to contend for the, for the division crown, it's, it's nice to know that the baseball fates still don't, actually like Toronto enough to, you know, give them a worry-free spring. Like, you know. Uh, Unlike Greg Amsinger, at least at MLB Network, that was giving us the AL East title already on the Blue Jays show. I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been I've been trying to temper my optimism. I've just been going on every podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network saying like, yeah, it's between us and the Yankees. Don't don't even get yourself fooled. Um, I gotta go real quick. I'll be right back. You guys talk about that. Yep. Sure. 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 But yeah, it's it's just it's just another one of those things, especially for a guy like Pearson who's been injury prone since they drafted him. I mean, it's why they were able to draft him where he was. Just, just it's another thing added onto a laundry list of injuries that you know you don't really need to be worrying about already with this team. Yeah, sorry about that. Dogs felt like fighting over a bone. All good. <laughs> gotcha. Sorry, right. I'm carrying you. <laughs> I'm carrying you. Well, we did fine. invite you know it's somebody fine. that's used to doing this daily, at least on the show. <laughs> yeah. So that's no why I worries. stick to cats, man. I yeah. stick to cats. <laughs> Damn dogs with their bones. <laughs> so, um, Brendan, you want to pick up on that, or what did yeah, I miss yeah. up? Absolutely, though, no, AJ. I completely agree with you uh, on a lot of what you said there. It's uh, it is very difficult to temper expectations. I know I've had that issue this entire off season, especially after Springer was signed, and then the excitement after they were supposedly signing Michael Brantley to have that fall through to only have Marcus Simeon come through just a week or two later, uh, pick right back up where we left off. And you know what? I've said this a few times. The addition of Kirby Yates is one that had me super stoked as well. So they had such a good few weeks of this off season um, in January. Uh, where I I was thinking on the same as you, AJ. I'm just thinking, yeah, it's them and the Yankees again. I will never, ever, ever count out the race myself. Um, I know they have a lot of young studs in that rotation, uh, but in a similar vein, the Rays have had a lot of uh, a lot of arms over the last year or so that kind of fall in the same kind of category as Nate Pearson, extremely talented, but have dealt with injuries uh, more so down in the minors than at the majors. But regardless, it's uh, it is a roadblock. Uh, and a speed bump that the Blue Jays did not need at this point. Um, and it's why when all of this started to come out on Saturday, I think it was, uh, Adam, you texted the group that we got going on in text message saying, this is why we need to sign Jake Odorizzi. Um, and they ultimately missed out on him, not to um, not to start going down that direction. And then we're going to talk on that <laughs> later. But it would have been nice for the insurance. But I will say, I'm sure this will be talked on later too. It has been nice to see Stephen Matz start spring really, really strong. Oh, my God, so. Stephen Matz. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, good I, hype, feel, right? I feel so much better now after defending that trade so hard. Like, why did we trade for a guy with a 963 ERA? I'm like, well, <laughs> he was injured and the Mets were bad. Give him a chance. Exactly. Just, so. just wait. <laughs> Temper <laughs> expectations, like you just said. Exactly. So, Adam, you want to put a bow on the Nate Pearson fun pitching (laughs) yeah um i'm sure my reaction was uh not dissimilar to anyone else's that's a blue jays fan which was fuck like (laughs) it it was one of those things that uh we already knew how fragile this rotation was and how um not to say that there isn't you know any need or any um justification for any optimism of course there is um any any team that's walking into spring or well, most teams that you walk in with spring training you always have hopes up high but um the optics weren't as sexy as they would be if we did sign a Jake Odorizzi or did have uh Taiwan Walker come back um so I, I do think that it, in this regard it definitely shows that the Blue Jays has a, a little bit of a sense of fragility when it comes to their rotation. Um, I'm just thankful that this is happening in the beginning of the season rather than towards the middle. Um, not to say that these games won't matter. Of course, every game matters. But uh, I'd rather give Pearson the time to heal up at the jump and then get his footing in uh, to start the season rather than having this blow up uh, post-trade deadline or maybe before the playoffs, knock on desk, none of that ever happens. I probably just fucked that up for everyone. But um, <laughs> I, I, I just think that it, it, it's it's showing. And if we can harness the the upside that is being advertised with the Blue Jays rotation, I think we're going to be okay. I don't think this is a cause for too much concern, but it's definitely something that they have to address. But having said that, you have people like Anthony Kay, who I am very high on, that if need be needs to make a spot start here or there, I feel good about it. I don't feel great, but I feel okay about it. Um, I think he can hold it down at least until, uh, if need be, until you know the rotation gets sorted out. So, um, all in all, fuck, but we're gonna be all right. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say that depth on this team's good enough that you know if you need an Anthony K or a TJ Zoic to make a start. I mean, you're not going to be hurting too bad. It's when Tommy Malone starts making starts for this team when you know things are just absolutely off the rails. I'm surprised nobody went to the Roar comment. It's right there. He's already there. <laughs> Is he slotted in? Is he guaranteed? I think so. For now. I think yeah. right now, who else are you going to trot out there that has the major league experience? Otherwise, you're just having the Thunderdome of guys that are like, you know, fighting it out for that last spot. They're all about the same. And you're hoping somebody rises to the top. And look, we should all be going into the season optimistic as we, we deserve it as Blue Jays fans over the last few years. I think the last year I went into a season actually legitimately excited was 2016 following the 2015 run. But when you go through and look at the depth chart, not to get too dark, but the only person who right now would be labeled as uh, durable and reliable from an injury standpoint would be Roark. And that's unfortunate. Ah, uh, you ruined it. <laughs> uh, uh, Ross AJ. Stripling doesn't get injured. Ish. <laughs> yeah, ish. Ish. <laughs> Keyword ish. One thing I'm going to, I just want to mention one thing that I thought honestly was not the worst situation out of this whole um, Nate Pearson thing. Obviously, yes, the biggest problem is that they're going to have to build up his innings again. But 
this is also a guy that hasn't pitched a ton of innings in Major League Baseball or even in the minors for all that matter. So this is a guy now that we're going to hope be able to ease into the rotation and said, just hurry up and get out there and just be the future, basically, right? He's going to be mm-hmm. able to come in a little casually. Make sure he gets healthy in the you know those last that maybe that extra month even in Dunedin just to make sure he builds up his innings in a some sim games with the minor leaguers that are left obviously going to be hanging out in the Blue Jays wonderful training facility for a lot longer now that the major minor league season's even mm. that much more mm-hmm. shifted so I think he's going to be able to get that inning count back up I do agree that you're not going to just trot him out there and hope that you get the best three innings out of him right off the bat like you had said AJ but I I'm not. If I'm going to have like something like this go on, and yes, a groin injury being a nagging injury for a baseball player, get him right, and then just let him come in, and then, like I said, maybe some of the pressure off will be off because somebody might be actually doing well. We've already seen a lot of guys turn around and uh, have some really good springs so far that we're going to get to here and some of our surprises from you know, standout performances, but is that, am I wrong thinking that kind of thing as far as, okay, maybe he doesn't have to chew up 200 innings in his rookie season now, like Trent Thornton did a couple of years ago? I I really don't think so. And like, you saw that in the Blue Jays strategy of pitchers they were acquiring, um, even starting last year. It's why they have guys like Ross Stripling and Thomas Hatch and even a Tyler Chatwood, who's, you know, being counted on as, as a solo inning guy, but can go to if needed. Um, and Trent Thornton, as he said, we all kind of forgot about him because he was injured pretty much all of 2020, but he's going to be back in the mix as well. So that's an additional source of innings for this team that has really been playing mix and match with guys. So it's not like it's a foreign situation for them. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Pearson was just five and dive all year. Like, I, I would be amazed if he got a quality start at this point just because of the durability issues. If he builds up to that point, maybe July or something, great. But the Blue Jays clearly had the line of thinking that if we're not certain we're going to get the five innings out of our starters, we need to make sure we have enough guys in our bullpen that we can get there on a regular basis because this is going to be even more of a grind than it was last year with all the COVID protocols and everything. So I I think the Blue Jays are one of the best prepared teams for this scenario. I don't like it, but it's good to be prepared for the, for the scenarios you don't like. It reminds me so much of Aaron Sanchez. I, I don't know why this just screams Aaron Sanchez to me. Uh-huh. I hope not. <laughs> or at least can so we get Nate 20, Pearson's going to be pitching for the Giants in five years? <laughs> yeah, but on a pretty good contract, too, right? Very, Very team-friendly. So we'll, we'll, we'll see one Cy Young-caliber season from Nate Pearson, is what you're trying to say. <laughs> can that at least be this year? So we can actually, like, you know... That'd be nice. <laughs> Run with it, but yeah, I, I agree. I agree with what you said, AJ. I think they are very, very well positioned. And honestly, last year put them in that good of a position because you saw guys like Kay and Zoic and Merriweather and other arms go out and pitch multiple innings or be uh, be they would do the piggyback uh, on every fifth day uh, with Chase Anderson uh, and sometimes Ro or most of the time Tanner Roark. So um, yeah, it, one thing I don't think is being talked about enough. Uh, maybe just because I haven't heard it from other clubs quite yet, 
is the fact that there was only 60 games last year. There wasn't a whole lot of innings that went around. Would it surprise anybody if teams with depth, kind of like the Blue Jays do have, go with a six-man rotation just to start? Or do you feel that they would load up in the bullpen more and do every fifth day? Because I could see a rationale for teams going every sixth day, at least for maybe the first month, month and a half, uh, until maybe you match last year's innings totals, and then you go full throttle and go five-man rotation, and the sixth guy goes back to the pen. It's it's interesting. I the Blue Jays are definitely well positioned for that. Um, given they do have essentially six starters with Stripling currently being that six man expected to be like that swingman type. But um, the the only thing I worry about with that is yeah, you are putting a lot more pressure on the bullpen if these guys can't go out there and give you at least five innings right off the bat. Sure. that that's what would have me worried. I mean, you have a guy like Hyunjin Ryu who you know is going to go out there and do seven because that's just how he does. It's the rest of the rotation you have to worry about. And while signs have been promising so far with guys like Robbie Ray and Steven Matt showing um, better control than they did in 2019, um, you still don't want to really play roulette with that. You want to make sure you have the arms available so you don't start burning options, you know, having guys... Like, I used to say, just ride the QEW up from Buffalo. Now I can't even say that. It's like, <laughs> I crossed cross a locker Go room here. from the or something. Like, <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting, Brendan, where you went with that. And um, where the... Um... I was listening to um, a podcast earlier this week, and uh, Tyler Glasnow was on for the Tampa Bay Rays. I can't remember which podcast I was listening to, but um, actually it was Chris Rose. He's got his new show. Okay. So and they were talking about how the Rays pieced all the innings together last year, and basically more or less um, he was a little upset that he basically never pitched past the fifth inning. Right. Very similar to, you know, we heard from certain guys that thought they deserved more innings that really didn't last year. <laughs> um, but in the midst of that, they were talking about that was how the formula was for that last season. But the Braves mentality, at least, is doing that same thing, just making sure that the guys are hitting against are pitching against the proper hitters so that they're, you know, peaking out those innings. Right. They're, these are the, the optimal usage right. for these pitchers, basically. The Blue Jays, at least to start the season, we had that extra roster spot, and that's good for the first two months, months, something like that, if I recall. I can't remember. I it's, yeah. It's not the whole season. I know that. But with that extra guy, you are carrying probably a guy that's a little of the longer guys. So, like, if somebody is dancing on that line and, like, let's say Anthony Kay doesn't make the bullpen bullpen, he's that guy that's probably that extra person that is already stretched out that is at least ready to do two innings right. a couple nights hmm. a week. Right. I, I I think the plan is to keep K stretched out as a starter because I think he I think at this point he's next man up. If I agree. something were if they had enough injuries, K would be the next one called up, and I think that was the plan. Even if uh, the minor league season's delayed, um, and you know that's made a lot easier given that the Blue Jays actually have some lefties in the bullpen besides Ryan Barucki who are actually looking good so far, so they don't need to force K into that role. Um, but yeah, I I have to imagine he's going to be kept stretched out. Uh, Zoik's going to be kept stretched out. Um, if uh, if a guy like Thomas Hatch doesn't make the bullpen out of spring training, he's going to be stretched out. So they're they're going to have their options for guys to come in and try and eat those bulk innings. Um, hopefully without having to try and piecemeal. But again, as you said, that's where depth is key, especially in a season like this. 
Yeah, it's going to be all over the place, right? Mm. Don't you feel that this is the way baseball is, is trending anyway, away from the stereotypical five-man rotation and, and utilizing those innings to you know peak out top performance? It, it just seems that the, the data and the analytics are uh, lending credence towards the notion, and you're hearing this more and more, that you know, third time through the order, that's territory that you don't want to trot in. If you're a pitcher, right? Or maybe you do, but the management doesn't want to see it happen because, you know, that's when things tend to fall off. For me, it just, it seems that if not this year, maybe the, I mean, the Blue Jays are usually quite creative and um, I wouldn't say they, they reinvent the wheel, but they, they do sort of take advantage of, of the data analytics, much like the, the, the Rays do a little bit more than, than other te- teams traditionally would. It wouldn't surprise me if maybe next season or the following season that they sort of stray away from that five man rotation and sort of just utilize innings to the best potential rather than just eating up a chunk of it and then letting the bullpen. I, you might be seeing an opener role utilized more and more for this team. Maybe not this year or maybe you will. I don't know, but I, I do think we're trending towards that direction. Well, that could be very just, well how you ease Nate Pearson back into it, at least. Right. I just don't need Wilmer Font back on this team. Kind of <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, AJ. <laughs> what about Lariano? <laughs> there it is. I, I haven't seen Lariano in that role, but... Yeah. He's in that no, same kind no of mold as far as a bullpen arm. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, let's talk... We've, I think we've hit the nail on the head, unless anybody wants to talk anything on how we are currently structuring this pitching rotation going forward. Anything else? It's a messy puzzle right now that we won't have the answer to until probably midway through April. Yeah. <laughs> Kai was making the analogy with some of my friends at work today that it's like we have a really crappy beer and we don't have quite all enough head to like you know really you know <laughs> trim off the top of it. You know, it's not a Stella or, we got. We're you know we're working on like the cores or something. <laughs> or you have uh, don't call really, cores beer. Yeah. <laughs> you have really really good beer, but it's warm. Yeah. That's, oh. That's <laughs> Oh, I forgot to tell AJ that apparently, you know, our new sponsor was Coors, but don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm I'm nothing. I'm nothing if not truthful. So (laughs) Coors is not beer. Buy something else. There it is. (laughs) The first is when dark beer gets warm, like stouts and porters. That's just terrible. Oh, the worst. We always make the joke here in the States that Keystone and Coors is made in the same vat, and the Keystone is the stuff that sinks all the way to the bottom of the vat. Coors is the stuff they trim <laughs> off the top. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Crazier things have happened. So, anyway, let's talk missing out on Jake Odorizzi. I'm going to let Adam kick this one off because I know he's been foaming at the mouth about this. <laughs> Fuck. No, <okay. laughs> um, Look, at it didn't seem that, you know, at, well, rather, after the Springer signing, it seemed that the Blue Jays management, uh, if you read between the lines, made it quite clear that they're not going to go out and spend on a high-profile free agent. And, you know, with the groin strain for Pearson, you thought that might, uh, would have, you know, forced their hand to make a signing for the addition. Because to me, it just seemed to fit, right? You know, we're down a starting pitcher. You need a starting pitcher. Hey, this one's available. Um, and of course you had the interest quote unquote that the blue Jays inevitably have with every single free agent on the face of the planet. Um, but am I disappointed? I guess, given the injury concerns that we all have with, uh, Nate Pearson and others in the rotation. Sure. But 
I just don't see the money. And it seems that the Blue Jays are fiscally conservative when it comes to how they want to hold on to funds they may have in terms of extra funds for the trade deadline. This is a narrative that we've heard before, and I can't remember if it was for with Alex Anthopoulos or this regime, that they said that they want to hold on to funds for the trade deadline. Um, they want to have that extra cushion in order to make a, a more aggressive move than they otherwise would have been able to if a move is needed come the trade deadline. Maybe that's the, the route they're taking. I'm being sort of an optimist when it comes to this. I'd like to think that's what they're doing. And they have hinted at that they're going to be aggressive at the trade deadline. They've also hinted that they want to be aggressive next offseason. Um, so, you know, am I upset that they didn't get Odorizzi? Selfishly, yes. Um, but at the same time, the deal that he got, potentially three years, I don't want that for the Blue Jays. I don't want to go anywhere near that. And if that's what it took, then I think the Blue Jays did the right thing. Because, you know, given that the third year is possibly a player option, and if he starts to fall off, he's going to pick up that option just to get paid. And I just, if I'm the Blue Jays, I think they made the right move. So selfishly, I would have liked to seen it if it was a one-year deal. But given the deal that he got, I'm glad the Blue Jays didn't pursue it. Yeah, I'll let the Houston Astros deal with that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan, you want to pick it up? Sure. Yeah, I, uh, it would have been nice from a durability standpoint. I mean, you go and look at Odorizzi's Fangraphs page, and he has made at least 28 starts uh, ever since 2014. So on that front, he would have been a more durable option than what they currently have and a better durable option than their current durable option. Uh, not to keep on saying those again, but... Uh, you just you want know, to keep saying Roark. Right I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> basically my way of not saying his name. Um, but yeah, no, it's... Um, I agree with you, Adam. I would not be surprised if they, they, there's definitely still money, but if they were to make this kind of move, they may have been very, very close to being tapped out come the trade deadline. And you always want to keep some back. It makes sense because you might have to take on a bad contract. Uh, you might have to, I don't know. Um, there's so many different things that you can do with some extra money at the trade deadline. So, um, and I still am holding out hope that there will be a trade before the regular season starts with the Ooh. four outfielders they have right now. Like they still, and we talked about it last week too. There's a log jam. Like if Vlad wants to play third, then where does Kevin go? Where does Rowdy go? Who goes to DH and just trying to make the puzzle pieces fit. It leads to uh, a constant cycle of guys in the outfield through DH uh, and first base and third base. So if you want to clear that little log jam up a bit more then a trade could happen, um, so do I think it will? No, but I'm not going to dismiss that possibility. From listening to AJ's last sh last show, she was all over that whole keep their handle on everybody, I think, right? <laughs> 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 Somebody's going to have something will happen. It always does. It's baseball. Yep. Yeah. So go ahead, AJ, if you want to pick that up, up with the Odo or the outfield thing. I'm happy with either. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll leave the outfield because I've made – no secret, my desire to actually trade a member of the outfield in order to get starting pitching help. Um, and that makes tons of sense. <laughs> yes, 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 please. Sorry, sorry, I got something caught in my throat there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was never too big on Odorizzi, even when uh, at the start of the offseason when everyone was like, oh, this is the kind of kind of starter the Blue Jays are going to sign. I'm like, well, why? Like, Y'all talked about his durability with Minnesota. He was anything but last year. He only gave them 13 and two-thirds innings, and he was garbage during those 13 and two-thirds innings, giving up 10 runs. 
he did not look good. And, you know, he looked like the kind of pitcher that, yeah, the Blue Jays would target. I mean, they signed Kirby Yates. They signed, um, they re-signed Robbie Ray. They traded for Steven Matz. But if you look at the price tags on those two players, Odorizzi signed a two-year $50 million deal um, with that player option. So it's basically a $24 million deal that the Houston Astros are going to wear like an albatross, which good. They deserve it. Um, But instead they looked and they got a guy in Steven Matz who's available for 5 million for one year that you don't have any commitment to after this year. And they didn't even have the commitment to him this year. If Matz went out there and looked like, you know, 2020 Steven Matz, they could have bought him out and, you know, looked for something else, but they made a low, uh, a low cost acquisition. I mean, the biggest name they gave up was Sean Reed Foley. And how many times did I talk about Sean Reed Foley over the past three years? Just being like, <laughs> if not the only, only one. He could, if only he would stop walking batters, he would be so good. Well, he didn't stop walking batters, so he's not good. So that that was a much more effective move, and it freed up two forty-man spots. So instead of DFAing guys and losing them on waivers for nothing, they got back an asset who's proving to be a very nice find for this team. And it's it's just striking me as a savvier move than paying a guy like Odorizzi above market cost. And as we said, they're going to be active at the trade deadline. If they feel they need another starter, they'll go get one. They'll go to the Rockies and be like, hey, Rockies, you suck and your GM is not very good. Why don't you give us Herman Marquez and we'll toss you, I don't know, Adam Kloffenstein and and a couple other guys who, you know, will be Jeff Hoffman and not be any good for you. But you don't know that yet. So we'll just give them to you and you give us Herman Marquez and everyone will be happy for now. And they'll do it because that's the team that gave away Nolan Arenado with a free $50 million bonus for absolute (laughs) nothing. How Blue Jays move would it be that we get – Marquez and then get Jeff Hoffman as the throw in on that. And we turn Jeff Hoffman back into what we, he was when he was a blue Jays prospect. Uh, sadly, <laughs> I think Hoffman's in Cincinnati. Now I think he's signed oh, a minor league that's deal with right. them. I think you're right. I, I do recall that now that would have been too so. funny. That blue Jay move all the way. Right. I have to mention <laughs> this though, AJ, because um, I've said it on this show to the gang here a couple of times, but watching Jake Odorizzi pitch to me was like watching Jason Frazier try to close out a game. Oh no. <laughs> oh no ouch he went there those are not good times yeah it just it seemed like it was kind of like constant torture it just didn't seem like to me i will say uh, whenever he was with the rays and he would always seem to pitch against the blue jays when they had a series against them i was always super super frustrated by how they could not hit him and he's getting batters out Well, I would have liked them, absolutely. But at the same time, um, I was always thinking, why can't we hit this guy? He looks so hittable, but he wasn't. <laughs> Trop effect. That's, that's the problem. He's in Tampa Bay. He can't yes. do that anymore. Now yeah. they have Ryan Yarbrough for that. <laughs> oh, I know. They always get somebody else. That, yeah, the that's true. Effect. Yarbrough is the new Odorizzi because everybody else has. Everybody else last year seemed to hit Ryan Yarbrough except for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This just goes back exactly. to the Sean Reed Foley thing now, because if the Rays picked up Sean Reed Foley, he'd be a god, right? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Probably. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's Oliver Drake all over again. Uh, there it is. <laughs> so let's dive into that outfield thing a little bit, and as far as um, where some of these conversations were, things have been going this spring as 
position battles, how the lineup's going to form out, other than the fact that the lineup is going to absolutely destroy baseballs <laughs> this su- this summer. But um, going looking forward here, it, like we were talking about and Brendan alluded to, and we've kind of been circling around it a little bit here, there is some weird log jams kind of in this lineup and where some of those things are dancing into place here. Um, the outfield seems like it's more or less going to be the four main guys that we've been talking about. Infield is pretty solid. Kevin Biggio playing third base, but he has been looking pretty good from the, you know, one clip that I saw. <laughs> Goddamn <laughs> so, right. Exactly. Miss, Mr. Man Crush Monday here with Adam with Kevin Biggio. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then yesterday, the weirdest thing, and this is what makes me even wonder what's going on under the hood here, and I, I it reeks of de- depth to me, but uh, Loris Gurriel Jr. playing first base? Hmm. Uh. What's going on, everybody? I just, I really don't get it. Does anybody want to? Yeah, all this think, um, moving around piece stuff. You know, I'll, I'll preemptive with this. Uh, Wilner is someone that I don't generally agree with, but he produced a, an article for the Star, and he kind of hit it on the head when he said, um, having super utilities or players that can be fluid in their positional. Uh, abilities isn't always a good thing and I think yeah. that when you're trying to utilize those players in positions in which they're not you know geared for it's sort of like uh square peg round hole kind of thing it, it just to me it doesn't make sense um if you're going to try it sure during spring training why not if you want to give it a shot sure but to me it's not broken in left field with him. So just leave him. And and he's been thriving there. The arm strength is fantastic. I don't know why you would want to get rid of that by putting him at first base. Um, I did, you already have enough depth there, right? Cavan can play first. Of course he can because he can do everything. Um, <laughs> Vlad can play first and he'll primarily be there. Rowdy can play first. Um, there, there are plenty of options there that you can utilize if need be. So... Um, I just think they were trying it out. I really hope we're not seeing this uh, more in the regular season because we do. Uh, first of all, that's really bad news and someone's hurt. Again, knock on desk, that doesn't happen. But you got your outfield figured out. Don't mess with it. It's fine. It scares me very much to the fact that he finally, finally found a proper place on the diamond. And now you're like, eh, you know, I'll just throw the wrench into it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bren- Brendan or AJ, you want to pick that up? Go for it, AJ. I was going to say, it's not a total wrench. He has played four major league games at first base. They have actually used him there at times when they needed to play around. And, mm. you know, as as much as we talk about health, um, you know, Rowdy and Vladdy aren't bulletproof. They've had injuries in their careers. So it's nice to have another guy on the roster who can handle first base instead of, you know, just plucking a random guy and telling them to play the position like they do with the outfield in later innings this spring. But that's just it. It's spring. It doesn't matter. You want to throw Cullen Large out in left field? You want to throw Bravik Valera in center? Go for it. Freaking see what they can do. And and if the situation comes where you have to play one of those guys in that position, if you if you're playing around with your bench and you and you use your pinch hit slots and like, oh no. Um, we just pinch ran for Vladdy and Rowdy's RDH. Who's going to play first? Well, I guess Lourdes is going to play first. Yeah. And mm. you're going to send your outfielder out there. 
But I do take umbrage with this whole four outfielders thing, because if it were up to me and I was, you know, going out of the park on this, I'd have traded Randall Grichuk like two months ago. And and the way um, the way some of the guys are performing so far, especially the guys who would take his spot, because Jonathan Davis has been good in spring. Yes. Josh Palacios has been a revelation and. Not only that, he's a lefty bat, which they currently only have two <laughs> lefty bats ticketed for the big league roster. I would be saying sayonara so fast to Randall Grichuk. Like, like I, I don't even care. Like, I would, I would pay money in that trade, especially if we are getting another starting pitcher back. Like, um, the Rangers. I know they don't have much for starting pitching, but I mean the Rangers will take anything these days. They're 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 so desperate. So well, they're you know, relying stay, on room to door, right? <laughs> <laughs> exact trading for Crush Davis. Um, but but yeah, I I just think um, the way the team is constituted right now, they don't have a lot of the flexibility they want. Um, and they're not really putting the most effective team out there because um, you're going to have either Rowdy or Grichuk on the bench basically every day. Like you may, you may rotate uh, Grichuk out in right field with Teoscar, but one of those guys is going to be on the bench and the way Randall's been hitting much like he does usually when he gets into spring training, he's going to be on the bench to start because I'm going to put Rowdy's lefty bat in at DH and, you know, have him hit doubles all over the place. And you know, at that point, it's like I have a ten million dollar outfielder sitting on my bench. What good is this? Like, you you can find another option to be, you know, someone who comes off the bench in the eighth inning and strikes out for you. So, right. I I would have traded him by now. I think I think the second that George Springer signed, that was it for Randall Gritchick in Toronto. I hope so. <laughs> Simple, honest, done. <laughs> Yeah, he, he wants to play with Trevor Bauer so bad. Trade him to LA. Yeah, there you go. You could have him if you could find spot for him. But no, everything you both said right there is is one hundred percent the truth. And I'll I'll start with with Lourdes playing first. Um, I, I I I'm in line with what Wilner said. Just don't break it. He finally found a home after all these years, and he thrived there. But at the same time, yeah, I, I guess you're right, AJ. It is spring. Play guys where they are, and in an absolute emergency basis, yeah, Lourdes, you can go play first base. Uh, uh, if there is, uh, if there is, if that situation ever presents itself, which it might, uh, throughout the course of a season, especially with a hundred additional games, uh, or a hundred or 102 additional games compared to last season. So yeah, on, on that front, absolutely. Uh, but on the, uh, outfield log jam spot. Yeah. And it just sucks that Randall is the one with the least value in trade, because we all know <laughs> that if there was an outfielder people were calling about, it was either Lourdes or Tioscar. And at this point, I don't want to get rid of either of them, unless it was going to be in a Lindor trade. I don't want to go back down that, <laughs> that rabbit hole. We talked about that at length on this show. So we'll just leave that one alone. But um, yeah, if they can find somebody even like, Pay three million, and we'll pay you seven million of Randall Grichik's salary for this year, and maybe we'll do it again next year. Uh, yeah. I would do that in a heartbeat just to get him off. And Jonathan Davis deserves a place as a fourth outfielder. He is a soft spot in my heart, and he's clearly putting the work this off season because, as I said last week, the man put on some muscle. He's Yo, a- he looks like Alfred, dude. He does. He mm. does. Yeah. And speaking of Alfred, the only Blue Jay game I was able to see or listen to on the radio, basically, Alfred hit a home run. <laughs> he, 
He touched up Robbie Ray. He did. It was the only bad pitch that Robbie Ray threw that whole day, too. So that's saying something. Um, But, but yeah, and the biggest thing, at least with a fourth outfielder, correct me if I'm wrong, you're really hoping for defense, and you're getting a gold glove-like caliber center fielder with Jonathan Davis being your bench guy, not Randall Kritchik. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not putting Gritchick in as a defensive replacement. I'm putting him in as a uh, someone pulled their quad, go run for them replacement. Yeah, exactly. Springer has to have a day off. Mm. <laughs> Somebody has to play center field, right? If, yeah. he, if, if they don't get that figured out and they open up the season with those four, we are going to see so many maddening days off at the beginning of the season for George Springer. It's going to be like, what the fuck? Stop giving him the day off. He's got to play. Like, I agree. Well, and right now, I'd make the argument that the how the the what has been the craziest revelation for Teoscar Hernandez in the outfield, he looks really good in center field. I don't know what it is. I think it's literally just that the ball's coming straight at him more than arcing either direction and right or left. I know he's been yeah. playing more right field over the last few years, but if it came down to it, I'd rather have Teoscar playing center just to have his bat in the lineup and then keep Rowdy at DH or something because Rowdy Tellez has been just absolutely destroying the ball. Oh, it's the so good. Yeah. It's he so right good to up, see Rowdy. Picked right back like, up where he was. And and especially knowing that, you know, he has a psychological advantage. Um I I did a podcast today with um Gabrielle Starr, who hosts Locked on Red Sox. And she brought up Rowdy unprompted in our conversation because of just the insane stat that a third of his career home runs have came against Boston. <laughs> I did not and, know that, but that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> 30, I believe 33 career home runs. He has 11 against Boston. Oh, a few so, of those were walk-offs, I think, too, weren't they? Rent-free. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. AJ, you know who Rowdy is now compared to a guy who used to play for the Blue Jays back in the day uh, uh, against the Red Sox specifically? Gustavo Chassis never lost a start against the Boston <laughs> Red Sox back in the day. And oh, I, my God. Sox fans were <laughs> pissed whenever Chassin pitched because he always had his best starts against the Red Sox. So now it's not Chassin anymore. It's Rowdy. There's always one Blue Jay that always saves the best for Boston. Yeah. Gustavo uh, Chassin. The sweet smell of torching the Red Sox. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. That's what that was. Speaking of sweet smell, he had his own cologne. I don't know if anybody yeah. remembers yeah. that. They were giving out the ball game. It was on my elementary grad, grade eight grad school night. And I'm just like, <laughs> is it bad that I want to go to the game for this? <laughs> to kick off the summer, but also to get this cologne? I really <laughs> want this alcohol spray on Yes. Me. That's always like, High school, um, Brennan was prepping for prom. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, I, I I hear you. I I do think that the the log jam in the outfield is going to be an issue, but I just don't know that uh, Grichuk is desirable enough for other teams. But you know, you mentioned uh, AJ. I think it was you that mentioned the Dodgers. Uh, I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. If, all right. So if he wants to play with power, yo, I'll take David Price back. You know, he, he's volunteering to go in yeah. the pen. Oh yeah. What you're wasting him in the bullpen, LA. Bring him back and, and we'll we'll just give you Gray Chuck. It's fine. No big deal. <laughs> we'll just trade salaries. We'll take yeah, all no, of yeah. that. <laughs> you take this. Yeah. We'll done. we'll eat the entire contract so you don't have to. Yeah. You just have yeah, to take Richick back. I'll get the like freaking Kiki Hernandez they don't have anymore, right? <laughs> he is in Boston. He's the yeah, only he is signing Boston, they yeah. made. Is there anybody on this rotation not named Ryu, obviously Pearson, 
you, if we're high on mats, then fine. That you would rather have than price? I, I don't no. know that I would. Right now, it's Ryu. He's the only one. Yeah, and maybe it, you might, given the durability issues, maybe I don't want to throw out this voodoo. Price might be more reliable than Pearson. I don't know that, but we yeah. we just don't know. But I'd rather I know David Price can make starts, right? And if he's going to be in the rotation, just giving uh, soaking up five innings a game, which is you know as we covered the Blue Jays' plan, yeah, it, sure. And it's yeah. only sixteen million dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sign me up. Need something. Get some pitching at least, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, I just think that makes too much sense for yeah. both sides. I mean, um, I, I think the third outfielder that the Dodgers are set to run is Matt Beatty. And you can't tell me you'd rather have Randall Grichik than Matt Beatty going out there. At least, of course. At least Grichik's gonna run into twenty home runs somehow. He always manages to. Maybe not at Chavez Ravine, but possibly. <laughs> Those are some big damn ballparks out west. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, like losing losing Jock Pedersen in the off season, and like you have the husk of AJ Pollock playing out there in center field. How do the Dodgers not need an outfielder? Yeah, yeah. Especially something that's an easy write-off for them like that, too. So, just to mention, Blue Jays Nation on Twitter is going nuts over the Gustavo Chessine clone stuff. Just saying. <laughs> the crowd if anybody goes has some, yeah, um, please. how old would, could that be? It's got to be, what, 2006, uh, I, 7? It was, it was 2006. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're on to 15 years now. Yeah. Uh, smell it. See how it smells. I yeah. mean, it smells if you terrible. could give us and tweet us in the handle, you know, of you doing the reveal video and unboxing, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll make show. sure Blue Jay Nation is well aware of it. They have like hazmat suits with the camps. <laughs> Maybe that's the cure for coronavirus. Gustavo Chassin's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's what the vaccine's made out. No big deal. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Um, is that good for covering the state of the infield outfield situation before I think we have to talk catcher and are we carrying two, three, who, all that kind of good stuff? I mean, I'm good. I'm good with the, the outfield and the infield. Again, I'm not too concerned with it. Um, I think AJ, you hit it on the head when it comes to first base, it's just spring training. Um, but otherwise I, I do expect fluidity when it comes to the remainder of the infield. It maybe besides second base with Simeon, you're not going to see, oh, and Bo at short, you're going to see a lot of flip flopping at third and first, I, I fear, but whatever, uh, catcher. Yeah. I, Craig, you can take it. Sorry. I so as far as it goes, no, that's not good. I'm used to you doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Put them all out. So, <laughs> It's more or less coming down that like Blue Jays Twitter is full on enamored with King Kirk, and <laughs> are we going to get a chance to see him like I saw him down in Bloomfield and just destroy balls into the wilderness at every major league ballpark? Um, and are we really even entertaining the idea of having Reese McGuire as the backup catcher at this point? Because not gonna lie, has anybody read anything on Reese McGuire at all, or heard anything no. on Reese McGuire on this? Which is hilarious because we heard more last spring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just yeah, saying. Uh, we did. <laughs> yeah, he's we behaving. Did. They, they they beat that Reese McGuire story into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so, but as far as it goes, is anybody making the vote right now out of this group to actually keep Reese McGuire on this 
and because it, in my opinion, he's right now, if nobody's going to take him in a trade, he's just as expendable as we're talking about with the Randall Gritchick thing here. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see a place for him. Um, ideally, if, you know, maybe if the minor league season was starting on time, you would give Kirk a little bit of time in AAA just to, to get his bearings going. But I think given the fact that he's, you know, he, he, he performed quite well for the team, he sort of adapted well and the chemistry was there. Um, all reports about him so far that I've read are positive with this spring. It's not unprecedented for a single-A guy to jump up to the bigs. I think Osuna did the same thing, if I'm not mistaken. And Castro um, that same year. Yeah, and Castro as well. I, I, I think he's earned it. Uh, if he if he can solidify his spot at the as the backup catcher, then fine. And I, I don't think McGuire has done enough to make me confident. And that's not to say that he's not, you know, capable of being average. I'm sure that if the Blue Jays placed him on waivers, he would pass and no one's going to bite on him, really. Um, so, yeah, I, I I just don't see a spot. I don't want three catchers. Really, I don't. At least not to start the season. I really don't. We don't have, Jay, jo- we don't have jo- uh, Caleb Joseph, so why have it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we're not getting that Ric Flair energy. I don't, I don't want it. I don't want that third <laughs> There it is. Yeah, you're getting the different Ric Flair energy from Reese. Yeah. <laughs> well played. <laughs> So. Yeah, um, there but, is a place for Reese McGuire, and it's Buffalo. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm sorry. the The most glaring weakness on this team last year, from a lineup standpoint, was catcher. It was a black hole of offense until Alejandro Kirk emerged, like the glorious golden adult child that he is, <laughs> and blessed the Blue Jays with the running skills of a of a gazelle. So. <laughs> So he's ready. Like you, you talk about players making the jump from, from single A to MLB. He did it. He did it and he did it well. So there's absolutely no reason for Reese McGuire to be on this team anymore. Not with Gabriel Moreno and Riley Adams available as depth options if you need them. And at least Adams and Moreno have experience a I believe they both have experience above single A. So it's not as big a jump for them if they're pressed into action. But I'm I'm sorry, when you bat 073 after a season where you know the most famous thing that you did did not happen at a baseball stadium, it <laughs> happened in a dollar general parking lot. You don't you don't get another chance. He had his first hit of spring today, single Oof. against Baltimore. He's batting one for nine. He's not he's not put any work into that side of his game. And I've seen way too many banjo defensive catchers on this team to put up with another one longer than I have to when I know that there is Alejandro Kirk awaiting unleashing upon the league. And and they're they're letting him catch their main guys. Robbie Ray has been working exclusively with Alejandro Kirk in spring training games. Hyunjin Ryu what's caught by Alejandro Kirk in their spring session. They're letting him catch their big name pitchers. And you don't do that if the plan is to send Kirk off to your minor league complex. So sorry, Reese, it's been fun. We've had a lot of jokes at your expense, but uh, your time is up. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> Including uh, what Jay's nation is tweeting out to me that there was plenty of ma- minor league ballparks last year that played beat it during the blue Jays spring training visits yeah. last year for. <laughs> <Reese McGuire>. Yep. <laughs> Pretty sure the Rays did that too 
in the regular season when they played there on opening day. <laughs> Ouch. So, yeah, but yeah. I, I couldn't agree more with uh, what you both just said. I mean, it, 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 and AJ, to your point, uh, that's the most telling sign at this point is if you are going to catch Robbie Ray in games uh, and you are going to uh, let them hook up with uh, Hanjin Ryu, uh, the two of them, who right now are probably are your two best starters in the rotation. Um, yeah, I think that's the clearest sign at this point that Alejandro Kirk is going to break with this team. Um, it might be a question at this point is if they bring Reese as the extra guy. I know we talked pitching for that extra spot earlier. Uh, but yeah, uh, at this point, especially if he continues on this poor of a spring, you could DFA him, get him off the 40-man, send him down to Buffalo, and he will probably clear waivers because he would be two seasons yeah. removed from 2019. I, I can almost guarantee you he's the one DFA to put Joe Panic back on this roster. Yeah, that that's, would not that's shock a good me. point. Yeah. And then yeah. the only the only person that I would even think possibly would pick him up is Ben Sherrington in Pittsburgh. Yes, <laughs> possibly. And, and if he does, great. Have fun with him, yeah. Ben. I've had many good conversations with you, but you can have him. <laughs> well, I mean, they got Michael Perez, too, from the Rays. They might not even need him. Yeah, because I think at that point it'd be this grabbing him on the 40-man roster and hoping he you know, slips into the uh, minor league system yeah. because Pittsburgh does need the depth. That would be the catch. Yeah. So. If anything, Milwaukee's going to take him. They take everyone that Blue Jays DFA. <laughs> That's true. That's very, very true. <laughs> So, but the other fun thing that I think we get out of the, you know, King Kirk situation is the fact that he can hit. So yeah. what's the worst case scenario here that he's on the roster and you're in that ninth inning and you need that little extra pop for some reason, just from maybe a substitution in the middle of the game for pinch runners or whatever it is, just to get that last little bit. Kirk is a guy that could come on and we've seen it already this spring and you can see it standing out as clear as day in box scores. I think he has three sack flies for RBIs this spring so far. I know it's at least two. Mm-hmm. So this guy's going to find a way to get people in one way or the other because unlike a lot of major league hitters these days, he just puts the barrel on the baseball. You know, it's mm-hmm. almost like Tony Gwynn what a, a little bit. I know. <laughs> like I thought that was the game, but I know that baseball's a game of failure. You only The best players only win a third of the time. <laughs> but come on. <laughs> so it's just... It's nice to see somebody like Kirk actually come in and actually just, like I said, just find a way to put the ball in play because that's what I grew up with watching hitters that literally just put the ball in play, not striking out like the Randall Gritchicks of the world every five minutes, trying to put the ball nine mm-hmm. billion feet over the fence. The, the, the fence is right there. If you hit it hard enough, it'll go over. It's not about swinging Jose Canseco and, uh, you know, swing hard in case you hit it. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but Kirk, I think, is that extra little piece that in this, regardless of the fact that he is going to pitch or play like basically every fifth day being Robbie Ray's catcher, you have a great quality bat that can slide into a DH spot as well. Or, like I said, just to be that what Roddy Telez did for us a few times in late innings in the past couple of years and just pop, there it goes. I I mean, I'm 100% more confident in him in that role than Reese McGuire. So, yeah. yeah. That's. That's just another log to that bonfire we're building underneath Reese's <laughs> Pike on his time in Toronto. Should I cue the Michael Jackson? <laughs> 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 anyway, anybody want to talk anything on that or am I good? Good. good. I'm right. good. Yeah, I, I don't know how much. I want to talk we're... optimism oh. next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the bonfire is good. <laughs> it's keeping us warm. <laughs> so 
I want to talk last thing before we go into, you know, just whatever topics, you know, the gang here wants to bring up. Let's talk spring standouts and all those kind of good fun stories that we have seen. Oh, sorry. Ron word heard of this spring (laughs) (laughs) or at least seen in a box store. Yeah. Um, AJ, who has really stood out for for you so far this spring training is we're kind of like a um, last week when we recorded the show was officially a month away from Blue Jays actual baseball. So we're Mm. closing. We're under that. (laughs) Um, I'm going to save a couple because we already touched on a couple guys I really like so far. Josh Palacios. um, I haven't mentioned Logan Warmoth, who all of a sudden is back on the radar because he's found the home run stick. Um, but the surprising thing I, I've seen is an actual competition for that for that second lefty spot in the bullpen that I just assumed all along was going to be Tim Mazes by default, just because he was finally coming back from Tommy John. And... I mean, I was at that game when his arm like felt like limp spaghetti from his shoulder. It it was gruesome. So for Mesa to come back the way he did and and just throw up blanks is great. But then you have Francisco Liriano out here doing the same thing. And I'm like, well, you both can't be on here. What are we doing? I mean, th- thankfully, Travis Bergen appeared today and just looked bad against Baltimore. So I think that takes him out of the running early. But... Both those lefties are trading donuts so far. And like I said, I didn't think I was going to have to choose between which one of them was going to get a 40-man spot. But Liriano's made this way more of a fight than I ever thought it would be. And that's, again, only a benefit for the Blue Jays to have both those men going out there and finding form that they need to find in order to make a make a 40-man roster. And, you know, again, for a team that had, like, Kirby Sneed as their only other lefty option, Nick Algaier was never going to be in it, but Sneed maybe had an outside shot. For these two guys to be like, no, we're going to be lefty options, that's huge for a team that I can that I see consistently constructed with, like, only Barucki as the, as the lefty in the bullpen. And, like, I'm sorry, I'd take Meza over AJ Cole in a heartbeat. Stop putting him on there. Mm. So... Yeah. yeah, that's that's what I like. That's I'm I'm happy there's a battle back there. Like I want I wanted the starting pitch to be good anyway. I'm pleasantly surprised that there are multiple options back there for the Blue Jays in the pen. Yeah, very welcome to a piece of that because that was the part that we started off with this whole thing being good last year, right? And that made mm. the parts for the the starting rotation at least kind of look a little better for the time being. So if you have more arms down there, great. I would, and I, not to mention, I was a big team, Tim Mesa fan to begin with. He's back and throwing the way he sp- he was. That's great, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Brendan, yeah, you know, I think when you look at the bullpen coming into spring training, you looked at four main guys right off the hop, and that was Kirby Yates, who today said that he's right where he needs to be. So I think he can go full throttle once the season starts, um, and probably. Uh, be the lockdown guy in the ninth inning like we all expected him to be and then also you probably mentioned Baraki, Romano and Rafael Dolis and those are the big four that you're going to count on getting very very good production on but it's two guys who have started off both pitch equal amount of innings and I'm talking Tyler Chatwood and David Phelps both of whom have sounded not heard or seen (laughs) sounded very good uh, in their three innings Phelps has pitched three innings and struck out five batters uh, not walked one 
uh, in Chatwood, uh, a guy who's known for control issues. I know it's only three innings, but still, uh, you only can put stock into small sample sizes throughout spring training. And three innings, three strikeouts, and no walks uh, quite yet for Tyler Chatwood. So if Phelps can continue doing what he's done and has done for the last few years of his career outside of that brief stint in Philadelphia this past <laughs> year, um, there you go, five. You might go six, maybe even seven quality arms in the bullpen deep, depending on how it all shakes out. And if that's the case, then you are right up there with some of the best bullpens in the American League and all of baseball, um, hopefully. Uh, health uh, health uh, not being in question uh, or no health concerns. So, yeah, I, I like Chatwood and, and Phelps, just performances that they've put up to this point. Um, and, yeah, I think we touched on the offensive, one early, uh, offensive ones earlier. Uh, Palacios has been a very big surprise. Jonathan Davis has been awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's probably where I'm going to go. The bullpen is shaping up really, really good. And you can't hold Philadelphia against David Phelps. Any man who entered that Philadelphia <laughs> bullpen last year was afflicted by the curse of the so hundred ghost soldiers father. that just resulted in Philadelphia's <laughs> bullpen being the absolute tire fire that it was. Oh, it was so bad. What was that? There was that one game where they were down, I think it was 7-1 late in the game, and they came back and won 8-7. And the yeah. just could not retire a single batter that came to the plate. It, it was, was great. so bad. <laughs> it was I, lovely. Yeah, I love the fact that you brought both brought up uh, Josh Palacios because I got the chance to see him with the Lansing Lugnuts and the Dunedin Blue Jays rather repetitively. It just <laughs> in my, you know, my travels for my old job. And I'm like, there is something special about this kid. And if he can figure out what that last piece is, it's going to be special because he's just got some really great tools. And I wonder how much of it was from him and Chavez Young literally just skipping the States for this past winter and going playing uh, Australian League Baseball and just getting that chance to just constantly rake. You know, there was something about that where you can just build your confidence up, and I really think that that's what we're seeing with Joshua Palacios. Adam, your turn. Uh, well, not to be redundant, um, I'll sort of shift gears. Um, I- I'll say this. We've talked about Lourdes already, but uh, from what I can't even say what I've seen and I don't want to, you know, sort of drill that in. But from what I've seen on Twitter, is that, you know, there you go with, with my eyes, I guess um, <laughs> Keegan doing a very good job of literally yeah. relaying the flies that are flying by him and the no hot dog <laughs> <Yeah>. vendors and <laughs> Barely, as, you, you know, as you will do. Yeah. Dodging it like the Matrix. Um, yeah, I, I think Lourdes has has been uh you know up to par and i think this is the season that um we can expect good things from and and i think so far during spring that is uh playing out um again i don't want to talk about the flexibility of him playing first base too much but i just don't want to really see that mess with this hitting and again we're just this is a trial and error kind of thing so it's whatever but so far he's been looking good um on the flip side, I know you want to talk about standouts, but people that have been rather disappointing, you know, we were talking about Kirk and hyping him up. Danny Jansen just, I don't know. I'm getting a little worried about what we, we have or rather haven't been seeing from Danny Jansen. Um, I need to see a little bit more. And I think this is literally the put up or shut up year. If we're not going to get it from Danny Jansen this year, uh, I think defensively we're in trouble. Um, and offensively, there's only so many, you know, times that we can have him just be that ninth guy in the lineup to just fill up a spot. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to see some vast improvement from Danny Jansen. So far this spring, it happened there. So I guess those are the two sides of the equation. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., for me, 
in terms of people that are every days on this roster has been putting up uh, solid numbers. And I, and I like to see that. And I hope it carries over into the regular season. I have no doubt that it will. Dana Jansen, man, I need to see more. I need to yeah. see more from him. Especially yeah. with the depth on the roster, too. We talked about Moreno and Adams, yeah. but we yeah. didn't even mention Philip Clark, who's having a pretty decent spring as well. And he's he's still a prospect. So he's another guy, you know, if the Blue Jays do decide that Danny Jansen is what he's showing, you know, it's not going to be um, a very fond farewell. They're, they're not going to shed any tears. It's just going to be, all right, Riley's up. Bye, Danny. You know, yeah. follow follow reset on your on on the way out the door. So, yeah. um, also I didn't really mention um him at all. So I just do want to give a quick shout to Forrest Wall, who's looked good. Like mm. he, like they might actually have a decent AAA outfield for the first time in forever once that gets <laughs> going with Wall, Palacios, and um, Davis probably. I, yeah, if they, if they don't trade, Gretchuk Davis is going to be there. I hope he's not, but you only do what you can do. Yeah, yeah. I think you won the hearts of this group on that one because we all yeah. love Jonathan Davis. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So um, on that note, I want to mention the you touched on this a second ago, AJ, with um, Logan Warmoth actually returning to relevancy. I don't know what he's doing or what Wheaties he found or <laughs> whatever it is, but not only has he been hitting the ball well, but he's also apparently been actually impressing in the field. And I hope honestly that they actually give him some pressure this spring and actually let him get a couple more starts and let him see some of the norm guys or the regulars from other teams a little bit, because I really kind of want, I'm curious of what he's made of. We kind of saw Kevin Smith drop off a little bit in the prospect stuff last year or right before um, COVID's lack of minor league season and everything. We're hoping to get a resurgence out of him, but he's been radio silent this so uh, spring so far, but hearing Logan warm at this you know, drop bombs has been very, very impressive. And <laughs> I, and this is a guy that we like, everybody stopped talking about Logan Warmoth. Oh, he's yeah. great. Everybody's going to love Logan Warmoth. Then literally two years of where did he go? Nobody knew where he <laughs> was, whatever it was. And just to hear him back in that conversation makes me excited because he is one of those guys. I think that could be what they are thinking. Kevin Biggio can be. I think Kevin Biggio has a chance. Like Adam, I know who it loves here. I'm not. I'm not going to badmouth him. I promise. <laughs> don't 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 kill me. <laughs> so, but um, I think Kevin Biggio has a chance to be a really solid everyday player, and they need to get him a damn home. Logan Warmoth is going to be, I think, a guy that could be. Oh, Ben Soberist. Yay, we finally have that guy in our organization. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not been trying to do that for a decade or anything, but. I think if Logan Warmoth can find a way to edge out some of these at-bats and just be able to be that guy, which is what he's more or less did when I got to see him as a Lansing Lugnut. He was bouncing around all over the infield and, you know, just run with it. But that's where I'm at with Logan Warmoth. I hope he gets a chance to show that a little bit this spring. And I had somebody else, but now I forgot. <laughs> got talking about I got, you know all Logan Warmoth up or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody else want to touch on anybody that they've been impressed with so far this spring, or we'll give AJ uh, her uh, wonderful time to shameless self promote all her fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. 
Yeah, no, me too. I wish I wish we could all see more of this stuff. Might have more to contribute, but uh, yeah, yeah. When is the next actual broadcast? Is it this weekend? Friday. It's Friday. I thought it was this weekend, so that makes me happy that I got something to look forward to now on Blue Jays baseball. And um, you know, per how this whole thing even started out with uh, us, you know, inviting AJ on the fun <laughs> this evening. <laughs> um, AJ, you tweeted out the other day during the ball game that oh, you know, I'm checking out earlier or whatever because i've reached my innings limit i think is what it was and then you threw us <laughs> yeah. under the bus as your the twitter follow for the rest of the game <laughs> <laughs> well you know i um i did have to go get some groceries and stuff so um you know i'm just trying to help help out the community i mean we all want to see this team succeed and we all want to try and get as much info as we can and in, in a spring training where it is hard to come by unless you know keegan's dropping it on twitter so you guys are doing a good job. I show I game recognizes game. So <laughs> there you go. We appreciate it. And we're obviously happy to have you on the show and chit chat anytime because this has been a very fun evening. Uh, but like I said, it's your chance to shine. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you and promote whatever you would like to. Sure thing. Um, you can find me on Locked On Blue Jays on the Locked On Podcast Network. We do daily episodes during the week, um, including Crossover Wednesday, which we're doing all month with the other um, AL East hosts. Um, I've already done uh, with the Locked On Yankees, Stacey Gotsoulias, the, uh, the episode with Gabriel Starr of Locked On Red Sox dropped today. And then we'll be doing the Orioles and Rays, and that'll be all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Connor, Connor, mm. Ulysses are great. I'm looking forward to talking to them. Um, but yeah, subscribe to Locked On Blue Jays wherever you get podcasts. You'll find it. Uh, follow the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Locked Jays. All the episode links are on Twitter. And you can follow me on there at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. But it lets me tweet about Pokemon Go. So I guess it's all right. <laughs> there it is. So I, we have a late entry to the game from the Twitterverse that I forgot about. That I have one question because, you know, we normally do questions from everybody that's chiming in on our uh, fun-loving live show here where it's on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, whatever it might be. But uh, Patrick Cawthon uh, had uh, mentioned that who out of the Blue Jays' prospects has the most likely of a chance to pitch this season as a Toronto Blue Jay. Santiago Espinal. <laughs> Position players pitching. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Um, <laughs> SWR. I honestly think he's I'm, got a good chance of possibly getting some innings late in this season. He's um, looked good too. If you if you want a guy who hasn't pitched at the major league level yet, I think the guy you're looking for is Joey Murray. Mm. Um, because he's looked really good in the spring. He's really impressing um, the staff there. And I think he's more likely to make it appear as Ty Tice is the one on the 40-man roster. So he's he's obviously got a, a line on it to be that option guy. But if you're looking for a pure prospect to make that jump, I think Simeon Woods Richardson's a year away. I think a guy like Adam Klopfenstein's a year away. Mm. Um, Murray, and then I guess Alec Manoa has a shot, if only because he's a he's a bit older and has a bit more experience than some of those other guys. Manoa, if they really get into trouble with depth, he could be a, a guy pulled up because he's also you know had a decent spring performance. So, 
Not to mention he's just built like a major leaguer. Oh my god. Like, makes all the big guys on Blue Jays. <laughs> he makes all the big guys on our lineup look like little people. <laughs> he's what happens when you're when you start building like a hulking first baseman and MLB the show. And you're just like, ah, oh, but I actually want to be a pitcher. And you and then you just swap it and don't actually change any of the sliders. <laughs> he ain't fine. throwing knuckleballs though. Yeah. <laughs> Good deal. Awesome. So Anyways, um, AJ, it is a custom on this show since the Caleb Joseph uh, pep talk to end with two claps and a Ric Flair and a Let's Go Blue Jays. So if you would join us, it is that sure. time of the evening. Thank you, Blue Jays fans, and welcome. And you're, uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook and all the wonderful places wherever you get your podcasting pleasures. We are there. And make sure you join the live shows and chit-chat with us. We obviously love having you, and we had a great evening this evening with AJ Andrews. And... Ready, everybody? Two claps and a Ric Flair. All right. Woo-hoo! Let's go, Blue Jays. Happy belated birthday, Brennan. There it is. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.